0: And we are live with the all-gas, no-break sports show. I am one of your co-hosts, Nicholas Pavona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson. Andrew, the holidays have just passed us, but some teams got some nice Christmas gifts this past weekend, a lot of crazy finishes, some games that, you know, didn't seem up to par that we expected, but a lot of crazy, wild endings, and we just got breaking news a couple minutes ago about a a, uh, coach that just got fired so we'll get into that a little bit later on in the show but Andrew how was your Christmas
1: oh it was fantastic uh always have a great Christmas Christmas Eve is usually my bigger day uh family comes over we host Christmas Eve so it's nice everyone gets together Christmas Day a little bit more slow but always nice so how about yourself
0: well other than the Giants game this past Saturday Christmas Eve was not a uh, bad day for myself Christmas was a great occasion as always you know I anytime you get to spend you know time with the family is always a great time. But when you had football to, you know, accommodate that with the family time, it made a great weekend.
1: Oh, it's okay. I had the Knicks lose on Christmas Day, and then I had the Patriots lose the day before. So, a fantastic weekend
0: for me. Yeah, not, not a good day for our teams this past weekend, to say the least.
1: All right. Yeah. I, uh, well, let's go into some positive news. And the positive news is the Jaguars now are in control. They're in the driver's, they're in the driver's seat to win the NFC South. Or, I'm sorry, South, the AFC yeah. South. The AFC South. That is incredible. The Jaguars dominate the Jets and keep their playoff hopes alive. Jets, they're starting to falter now.
0: Yeah, and not only that, now they bench Zach Wilson again in this game. I mean, he had a rough going. Nine of eighteen, he had an interception and ninety-two yards. He has just not looked like himself these past couple of weeks. Now he gets benched for Chris Streveler, which realistically is as low as you can get because Streveler had just gotten called up to the Jets roster. That same night, he was on the practice squad going into that game. So to get benched for a guy that was just on the practice squad, not a good sign for Zach Wilson. Got to be a new bottom low for him. And now for the Jets, now a lot of questions are going to be lingering going into the rest of the season. Mike White looks like we'll be starting this upcoming weekend against the Seattle Seahawks. But it looks like Zach Wilson's time as a Jet is over, and that's really sad to say considering that he was a former number two overall pick and the guy that they could have taken if they had, you know, kept the tank going, as a lot of people like to say, Trevor Lawrence, he looked, once again, dominant in this game against the Jets.
1: I wouldn't say he looked dominant, but he still looked very, very good. Uh, he he came off two very hot weeks, through, I believe, eight touchdowns in the last two weeks, not including this week. So, yeah, he had a very, very, uh, he's on a hot streak and he cooled off a little bit, but he's still looking like a franchise caliber quarterback. And you can't really say the same for Zach Wilson. Hopefully, Zach Wilson maybe gets a fresh start somewhere else. I don't know who could be looking for a quarterback right now. Uh, because a lot of these teams that do need a quarterback, quote-unquote, even don't have the draft capital to trade for one, or they're tied to a quarterback for a massive contract, like an Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson.
0: Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see where uh, he ends up. Maybe he's another Carolina Panther. Who knows? I would not be surprised. they like to take a lot of you know former Jet players I think Zach's best case scenario is just going to a team, you know, finding a me- a quarterback that's going to mentor him to be, you know, try to get a little bit better. Because let's just face facts: he hasn't looked good these last couple of weeks. Last season, he had some flashes, you know, for the Jets, and maybe there was bright hope. But this season, you just haven't seen the same thing. And the Jets are really in a bad spot with that. They're going to be looking into quarterback for sure this off season. The question is going to be: Is Mike White the good, you know, the new quarterback? Will they look into a free agent quarterback? Can, will they maybe even trade up in the NFL draft? I mean, right now the Jets still are in a playoff position. They still have a chance to make the season this year after what happened this weekend. So there's still hope for New York to make the postseason. The question is going to be, can they get a lot more luck than they haven't got in these past couple of seasons? Can they get that luck this year and make it to the playoffs? We'll have to say.
1: Yeah, uh, that's something that we we'll have to look forward to. But let's go into our next game talk about New York. I know you don't want to talk about this Nick so we can gloss uh, over this if you want. Um, we can talk about it a little bit. All right, the Giants losing an absolute gut-wrench just an absolute gut-wrenching loss, heartbreaker, 61-yard field goal to keep the Vikings magical season alive and kicking, you know. Every single bit of adversity the Vikings have faced, it's it just seems like they have a horseshoe lodged <sighs> somewhere on them. Like it's like a magical horseshoe keeping this season alive. Um, plus two points differential going in today. I guess it's going to be plus five now with this win because they hit a 61-yard game-winning field goal. It looked like it would have been good from 65. Yeah. Which, I mean, the irony in all of this is that Vikings kickers have been keeping this season alive when the pass has been the absolute bane of their existence.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Vikings are 11-0 and now in one possession games this season, which is unheard of. I mean, these two teams going into this game were the best two teams in one possession games the entire season. And it looked like at one point the Giants were done. They were down eight points, about two minutes left in the game. You know, they had just gone in three and out, and they had to punt it away to the Vikings. It looked like the game was over. But you got to get Daniel Jones in the offense credit. They drove down the field, and they got the game-tying touchdown and the two-point conversion to make it 24-24. to The issue being for the Giants on the other end of the field was that they just really had a tough time guarding Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson. They both go over for 100 yards receiving. Hawkinson had two touchdowns. Jefferson had one. So the Giants really just struggled against, really, realistically, those two guys on the Vikings' offense, and it hurt them in this game. Jefferson was able to catch a screen pass on third and long to set up the 61-yard field goal. And unfortunately for the Giants, it's really deja vu. They've seen this story before. Not the first time they've lost on a 60-plus-yard field goal in the past five seasons. And it's just a heartbreaker for New York. The Giants had everything going their way. The Lions had lost. The Seahawks had lost. If they had won this game, they would have clinched a playoff berth and gone to the postseason for the first time since 2016. Unfortunately, they lose. They'll have a chance to clinch a postseason berth this upcoming weekend against the Colts. But definitely, I'm uh, going to look at this game and say, man, we had them, you know, should have won this game, but just a lot of mental mistakes, especially, you know, key drops from Richie James, and they just really could not get it. You know, get the job done once, once it came all down to it.
1: Yeah, and I do want to say, we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago about Justin Jeff- Jefferson having shades of Randy Moss right now. Uh, Justin Jefferson actually passed Randy Moss to set the Vikings' new single-season receiving yards he record. He's he at 1,756 yards on the season. And what I like most about this, he did it before the 16-game mark. So... It- this record, I don't think, even though it have an extra game, this shouldn't have an asterisk next to it. Because he did it in less than uh, less than sixteen games.
0: And keep your watch out because he is on pace to potentially break Calvin Johnson's record for the most receiving yards in a single season. What would so, that be? Nick? Do you know the exact number off the top of your head, or it's it's like nineteen hundred something off the top of my head. I know he didn't get two thousand.
1: Yeah, um, so like he's at seventeen fifty six right now. Realistically, if he has a game, oh god. It's, it's going to have an asterisk next to it unless he has a crazy week next week and he goes for like 200 yards. The exact number is
0: 1,964 yards. That was in 2012.
1: So he needs a little bit over 200 yards. Say, hey, he has a 210-yard game next week. Um, To me, it has no asterisk next to it. He did it in 16 games. Anything else is just money. It's just a bonus. Hey,
0: listen, he's playing at an MVP caliber like pace this season. He's been unbelievable for the Vikings. You saw it in that Colts game. When he got injured, the Vikings' just offense just seemed depleted. They didn't know what to do. He came back into the game, and the Vikings saw an absolute spark. And that led to that miraculous comeback against Indianapolis. And this game, realistically, if not for him, T.J. Hawkins was the only biggest problem for the Giants. But the Giants just really could not find a way to stop him or Justin Jefferson. And unfortunately f- for the New York, they fall to 8-6-1. and Like I said, they'll have a chance to clinch a playoff bird this upcoming weekend against Indianapolis, but they definitely need to fix some things on the defensive side in order to get to the postseason.
1: And hey, I said it before, if you were going to give a MVP to a skilled position, not named quarterback, and give it to a wide receiver, it would be Justin Jefferson this year, because you know for sure he is the core franchise piece of that team. It's not Kirk Cousins, it's not Hawkinson, it's not Alvin Cook, all those guys are great, but Justin Jefferson just in the league of his own. If you would
0: give it to any non-quarterback,
1: this would be the year to do it. Is it going to happen? Probably not, but hey, it's a great story.
0: Yeah, it's a great story for Minnesota. I mean, they're 12-3. and They've got a lot of aspirations for this postseason. And the way that they're winning games this year, you gotta believe anything is possible for them once the postseason comes around. Yeah. And now uh, let's talk to go from one
1: heartbreaker to another one. Oh boy, the Cincinnati Bengals hold on 22 18 to defeat the New England Patriots. I wish I could say it was a 25 22 victory for the Patriots because Ramondre Stevenson unfortunately fumbled the ball. Uh, I believe inside the 10 yard line. You yep running inside the 10 yard line, under two minutes to go. This really should have been the Patriots' win right here. They couldn't sit back and go for the field goal because it would only be good for three, and they'd still be down by one, so they had to go for the touchdown. So this was the right move. You run the ball when you had four tries in less than 10 yards. He just couldn't hold on to the ball. Now, Bill Belichick has already said that he's not going to put uh, Ramondre Stevenson in the doghouse like a certain Patriots running back 10 years ago, which we <laughs> shall not name. Uh, but this has been very frustrating over the last uh, couple of weeks. It's been they've lost four of their last five. Realistically, this is another game where they should have won. Yeah. Uh, this is a game to me, this is gonna be like the Patriots lost season. They should really should be like ten and five right now. That's at the end of the day. They should have won that game against the Vikings. They should have won this game, and they should have won that game versus the uh the Bears. Braiders. And the oh, Raiders yeah. too. And the, I mean, yeah, like those are three games, core games that you said. That, yes, that these games the Patriots should have won. And if they, if Matt Jones, I guess, wasn't injured in uh, that Bears game, I don't know what the hell happened because it seems like they've only had three wins on the year, and one of them is against the Patriots. So that's just a complete fluke of a game. To me, for you pick any three out of those four games, and the Patriots should have ten wins right now. But we can't really live in this alternative reality. But I think one of the main Problems with the Patriots. It's the offensive coordinator at this point because Mac Jones. He, it's like a tale of two halves every single time. The first half he struggles, and then I think at halftime Belichick is making, uh, offensive you know changes of play calling. Is hey listen, we should try X Y and Z instead. And Mac Jones is coming out there in the second half. He's having really strong second halves almost every single game, and. That's not a winning football recipe. You need to play a full four quarters. You just can't play a half. You have to play a full four quarters. And the Patriots just haven't been doing that on offense. On defense, it's they've been phenomenal the entire year. I really can't really complain. They've had a couple games where they've had lapses. But overall, that defense has been outstanding this year. The uh, defense gets all the credit. But they're only playing really maybe two quarters a game on offense, and you can't win games like that.
0: No, you're absolutely right. I mean, listen, the Patriots got off to a flat-footed start in the first half of this game. They get went. They went into halftime trailing twenty-two to nothing. Joe Burrow and that offense just completely dominated on both. You know, the Bengals just dominated both sides of the ball. Patriots could not do anything offensively. Bengals, they just kept running and you know, a lot of getting a lot of first downs. Burrow had twenty-seven completions in the first half. So pretty much, once you go into the halftime, you're thinking, "Oh, this game's over. There's no way New England comes back." But, like you said, the defense for New England played a phenomenal second half. Marcus Jones had the pick six to, you know, spark that rally. Then the Patriots offense started to, you know, kind of click in the fourth quarter. Kendrick Bourne had some big catches in this game, including a touchdown in the fourth quarter. Jacoby Myers caught an insane touchdown off a tip pass to make it a four-point game. And the Patriots, they had their chance, as you said. Ramondre Stevenson was inside the goal line. They had a chance to take the lead. Unfortunately, he fumbles away. And the Bengals sneak away with another victory. They now have won seven in a row with the win. They clinch a playoff spot as well as the Baltimore Ravens clinching a playoff spot. So they're both into the postseason. They're still battling it out for the AFC North. For New England, there's still not hope lost. You know, they still have a chance to make the postseason. Only one game back of the Miami Dolphins for that final postseason spot. So the Patriots really have to, you know, figure things out in these last two games in order to make the postseason. And they're going to need some help with Miami losing. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Johns. I think the Patriots do play the Dolphins in one of these final two games.
1: Right. So the Patriots actually control their own destiny. If the Patriots win the next two weeks, which one begins Miami, which would be this upcoming week, and yep. the other game gets the Bills. So they win those two games no matter what happens during the playoffs. So they're still in the driver's seat, quote-unquote, or technically speaking, for their own uh with their, their own, own destiny, Jets. man. Yeah. They control their own destiny, and you know what? they, they would have locked this spot up this week if they had won last week and they had won this week. They would have been locked up already. They would have nine wins. They'd be good to go already. But this is the world we
0: live in. So, and we talked about the Jets earlier. Their scenario is they have to win their final two, and the Patriots have to lose yeah, one of those so, two games. So I, I said there's earlier, there's a lot season going on.
1: At the Jets were kind of go, they were going to fall out a little bit, and you know one of these AFC's teams, if not two of them. Jets, Patriots, Dolphins. One or two of these teams had to fall out just the way the schedule's going to play. And it looks like the Jets finally fell, uh, have fallen out. And it's going to be one, even the Patriots or the Dolphins making the postseason out of that. Uh, so what could have been four at once is going to probably end up with two, maybe three if this division gets
0: lucky. Yeah, I mean, there's still a couple teams still alive. I mean, we'll talk about the Pittsburgh Seals later on in the show. But they're still technically alive after their win. And you got the Jets and the Patriots still alive. Miami's still holding on to that spot. But they have been really struggling those last couple of weeks. We'll talk about them as well later on in the show. But let's get on to the next game in our program. Seattle going into Kansas City to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. And the Chiefs, let's just face facts, pretty much dominated this game from the get-go, holding on to win 24-10 over Seattle. They go to 12-3 in the season, stay pace with the Buffalo Bills for a home field advantage throughout this postseason. Meanwhile, Seattle, they, you know they're still battling, trying to fight for that last playoff spot. But they have been struggling the last couple of weeks. Their offense just seemed kind of flat-footed in the entire first half. Geno Smith kind of picked it up in the second half, but you could tell without Tyler Lockett in this game, Seattle was struggling to get the ball to its playmakers. DK Metcalf did have a nice game overall, but Seattle just on the defensive side could not stop Travis Kelsey. He goes over 100 yards in this game, and the Chiefs get another big win, and as I said, they're still alive for home field advantage throughout the postseason. They need to win out, and they need the Bills to lose one game in order for the entire postseason to go to Arrowhead. Uh
1: yeah, so pretty much from what I'm hearing is that the Chiefs are pretty much they're locked in and the Seahawks are pretty much bit done. I don't I don't really care what happens at this point. I said a couple weeks ago that Gino had a nice little run. He made the play Pro Bowl. He's gonna buy himself a couple more years in this league, maybe even a big contract this offseason. Who knows? How crazy the NFL
0: is. I think but, he will get a contract, yeah. Uh
1: but Seattle's kinda done. Uh Thanks for playing. I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs, even though of how bad the NFC, uh how bad the NFC actually is. But they had a good run and uh they could get a top five pick and the franchise is in, is in really good hands at this point. They got a lot of weapons on offense, they have a decent defense, and if they get one or two more playmakers on both sides of the balls, they could be a real playoff contender in the future.
0: Yeah, I mean they're gonna be definitely in the top two, I think, the way the Denver has been playing this season, so they're going to be looking at potentially getting a big-time defensive playmaker, and this is a great draft to get some good defensive players. See how realistically that offense is kind of set in the sense of if they think Geo Smith is their guy, they go with him. You have a great running back at Kenneth Walker, who's looked like a stud this year. Two great wide receivers. And you have exactly two great wide receivers in Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. So realistically, if they were able to get someone on the defensive side of the ball, maybe a pass rusher like Will Anderson, that would really help Seattle, you know, bring back the old days of the Legion of Boom. Maybe get back to the postseason. The, as you said, I think they're just a couple players away from getting back into that playoff scenario. It, like, we, no one expected them to go 7-8 and eight at this current stage of the season. But they're here. They still have a shot, technically. But the way they've been playing this last couple of weeks, it has not looked good. They have the Jets this upcoming weekend. So you know Geo Smith's going to want to go out and show out in this scheme. So we'll have to see what happens. but. Johnson, I got to bring up this next game. It wasn't really a big time game per se. It's and embarrassing. It's kind of a snooze fest, but it has big playoff scenarios with the Houston Texans upsetting the Tennessee Titans on the road 19 to 14. And this is a big loss for Tennessee because now their losing streak continues and now they fall to second place in the AFC South. We alluded to it earlier that the Jaguars are now in first place. Well, thanks to their win against the Jets and now the Texans win against the Titans. The Jags are in first, the Titans are in second, and now the Titans, they need to keep pace with Jacksonville because realistically, no matter what, these two teams are going to be playing for the AFC South Division title in Week 18 in Jacksonville. So if the Titans don't start figuring it out sooner rather than later, they're going to be in a whole lot of trouble, and it could well, maybe they, lead they need to some virus. They,
1: they need to beat be Jacksonville no matter what. No matter if, yeah. the outcomes of this week, they need to beat Jacksonville. That is 100%. If they want to catch up, they have to be Jacksonville. they could, I think if they split this week, meaning I think if Titans lose or Titans win this week and Jacksonville loses, they still need to beat Jacksonville to get into that. Battle.
0: Absolutely, yes. yes. The Jaguars so have the they, tiebreaker.
1: Yeah. So this is you know this is horrific for them. Uh, so realistically, if Titans need to win two in a row, when they're getting off this huge losing streak now. Who's the most responsible for this? Does Mike, is Mike Vrabel's
0: seat a little bit hotter? I'm not saying he's going to get fire, uh, fired because of this, but uh going start to warm up a little bit. The the obvious answer, Tite fans will tell you this, it's Todd Downing, their offensive coordinator. He just hasn't called good game plans for the Titans all season. And you have to remember, Ryan Tannehill had ankle surgery, so he did not play in this game. He most likely would not play the rest of the year. So Malik Willis played this game, and he did not look great in this game. He threw two interceptions, didn't have 100 yards passing. So the Titans are in a really bad spot right now, and they need to figure it out, as you said, soon, because they got a big game this upcoming Thursday with the Dallas Cowboys. And then in week 18, no matter what happens this week, it's going to be for the AFC South division title. So if they don't figure it out in the next two weeks, they're definitely going to miss the playoffs. And it's definitely going to lead to some firings in the staff. Now, would Vrabel be one of those guys? Maybe, because they've had a lot of you know good success the previous years. And it's been either you know, you know, like last year, they were the the best record in the AFC, and they lose immediately to the Cincinnati Bengals. So it's going to be a conversation, to say the least, about Mike Vrabel. I don't think he gets fired, but it's definitely a conversation to have.
1: All right, now let's talk about another team that they're on pretty much their third string quarterback right now, and. They just keep winning game after game after game. This is the difference between good coaching and bad coaching, right? If you can devise a game plan, you have the right playmakers and defense and offense around you. Quarterback isn't as important. Still the most important position in the game of football, but it's worth a little bit less when you have such good coaching. That's the uh, that's the San Francisco 49ers getting a huge win versus the Commanders. Uh, that defense was so dominant that Taylor Heineke, I think his uh, Cinderella story is over, and Carson Wentz was back in uniform. Uh, on the field for the Commanders this uh this past weekend for a 37-20 loss. And I believe that is eight in a row or nine in a row now for the Niners, which is insane considering they lost two quarterbacks during that stretch.
0: I mean, yeah, you got to give the Niners some credit. They have been on an absolute roll. They're they're really heating up the perfect time of the season. They've now won eight in a row, as you said, 11-4 on the season. They still... You know they've already clinched their spot in the postseason with the NFC West title. For the Commanders, like you said, now they're in a situation where who do you start this upcoming weekend and your next game? You know Taylor Heineke the last two weeks has not looked that great. He has made some really costly you know mistakes, and it's hurt the Commanders in the end of the game. Carson Wentz finally made his return. He looked pretty good in short time, but there's still a lot of issues going on for Washington. They still hold the last spot in the NFC playoffs at the current moment, but with the teams like the Lions and the Seahawks still technically alive and you know right behind them, they need to win at least one of these games. And not to so forget the Green Bay Packers, they're starting to also get into the playoff conversation once again. So there's a lot of teams you know, right behind Washington. It's going to put a lot of pressure on them these next two weeks to try to at least win one of those games to make the postseason.
1: Yeah, I said that Green Bay was one of those teams to watch out for, but I highly doubt it. I thought they would lose the Dolphins. I, I did think they would cover, so I got at least half of that, right? But yeah, Commanders really need to step it up or they're going to get left behind. It seems like at this point, the Giants are almost a lot to make the playoffs. Almost, yeah. almost, almost. I mean, you'd have to have a lot go wrong. I mean, even though they lost this week, they had a lot. Giants going about in their to favor. lose out.
0: That's that. That's the only. That's the only situation. You would have to
1: lose out, and and someone else would have to win out. If I'm not mistaken, that would be
0: the yeah. The Packers, I think, would be that team. Yeah, and they would also jump the Commanders in
1: that time, uh, yep. that time span too. So, a lot would have to go wrong for New York to, uh, to actually lose that spot. But Washington is looking more and more likely every day that they're going to lose that spot.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I said, Washington needs to figure it out. They have the game with the Browns this coming weekend, and the question is going to be who starts at quarterback. Ron Rivera has not alluded to who will be the quarterback. It looks like it's going to be Carson Wentz again. So that's going to be a decision for Washington. And it's really, you know, a big time decision because with these last two games, they need to make the postseason considering all the stuff that has gone on, you know, with the front office of Dan Snyder. It would be a kind of, you know, a distraction from all the stuff that's happening off the field to get into the postseason if they were able to do it. But. This loss and the you know benching of Heineke doesn't look good for this team at the current moment. Can they rebounce back against Cleveland this upcoming Sunday? We'll have to see. Yeah, and let's talk about them
1: Cowboys, right? We got to talk about them. We do. Uh, we do. Huge, huge win over the Eagles. Still keeps them in the hunt for the NFC title, NFC East title. Highly doubt they get it, but still keeps them in the hunt. About as close a game as I as I said. I said I'd take Cowboys minus five. The final score was forty thirty four. Man, what looked like a terrible, terrible start to this game between the interception and going down early for the Cowboys. It, it turns out Mike McCarthy kind of can game plan, right? Maybe, maybe not. Probably uh, not.
0: But it was a mix of you know the Cowboys' offense. Once they went down ten nothing, they started to get into a you know a groove on the offensive side of the field, which was great for them because. You saw CD Lamb have had some big catches. Cowboys' defense in this game, let's just face facts—they struggled a lot. They did get two interceptions off of Gardner Minshew, but AJ Brown and Devonta Smith absolutely torched that secondary. So that's going to be a concern for Dallas throughout the rest, you know, the rest of the season if they're going to win the NFC East title. But when you have, you know, some good time playmakers on the offensive side like CD Lamb, Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard, they still have a chance to do anything in this postseason. They're going to be a dangerous team no matter what, and. We'll have to see what happens in the next two weeks for Dallas if they're going to win the NFC's title. There's still a report that, you know, Jalen Hurts maybe could start this upcoming weekend for the Eagles. There's also reports that he might just sit out one more week just to get healthy for the postseason. And for Dallas, I mean, there's still hope. But a lot would need to happen if they're going to win the NFC East and get home field potentially throughout the playoffs. I mean,
1: that would be kind of insane. They're at 11-4 right now, so the Eagles would have to lose out, and they'd have to win out at this point. So yep. I'm going to so, say it's chalk, but never say never, never, especially with the luck of the uh, the Cowboys, at least in non-playoff games. In regular season, the Cowboys could always look amazing, but when it comes down to the time for the playoffs, they kind yeah, of yeah. choke. But, uh, they have their moments. They have their moments, as uh, we'll put it nicely, but uh, again, pretty, pretty uh, big game this weekend. In the NFC East, the NFC East has looked like the, uh, unironically, the best division in football this season. We thought that maybe go to the AFC West, uh, but the NFC East has been from top to bottom, uh, a hell of a division. This game was kind of showing the best of it on offense and defense. It was a High scoring game, but the defense was there on both sides of the ball. So don't let that fool you.
0: Yeah, the score score you know board doesn't look like it on the sense, but both these teams got some big time defensive plays when needed at the most. They're gonna need you know these defenses to pick it up the next two weeks. Obviously, for the Eagles, they just need to win one game and they have the NFC East title wrapped up and pretty much have postseason throughout the playoffs wrapped up. And for the Cowboys, they just need to you know pray for the Eagles' demise. And the Minnesota Vikings are also in that scenario where they need the Eagles to lose out and they need to win out if they're going to be having home field advantage throughout the playoffs. So I'll have to say.
1: Yeah, and I want to continue with a win for Pittsburgh over the Las Vegas Raiders. I thought we could almost all of us saw this coming. Vegas didn't, however. Uh, Both Vegas as in the team and Vegas as in the sports betting markets. They thought this would be a nice, easy game for Las Vegas, but I said between their Super Bowl victory last weekend and Josh McDaniels being their head coach would be a little bit of story. And plus, you had that other underlying storyline for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Nick, would you like to inform our viewers what the Steelers were playing for this past week?
0: Yeah, I mean, the immaculate reception, you know, the anniversary of that was this week, 50-year anniversary. And with the untimely passing of Franco Harris, they were going to retire his jersey in this game. He obviously passes away a couple of weeks ago, so... His family was there to help, you know, retire his number 32 jersey at halftime. So a lot of emotions for the Steelers going into this game. Obviously, their playoff hopes are still technically alive. And you have this type of moment where you're facing, you know, a all-time rival in the Raiders. You have a lot to play for. And there's an anniversary in this game, especially with a legend in the Steelers community passing away. Steelers wanted to get this win. Let's just face facts. The game at... All around, was just not a great game at all. It was very ugly. A couple missed field goals from Chris Boswell. A lot of interceptions thrown in this game. Four between the two teams. Three of them coming from Derek Carr. And the Steelers, they get a late touchdown from George Pickens to hold on 13-10. to 10. They go to 7-8 on the season. They are only one game out of a playoff spot. So they are still technically alive in the postseason mark. Raiders, they fall to 6-9. It would has been a catastrophic season to say the least for Josh McDaniels and company. We'll have to see what happens with them. They're still technically alive in the postseason race as well. They need uh, to obviously.
1: Uh, yeah. Like
0: it's-, it, it's, it's, it's less than 1% realistically. They have to win out. Dolphins have to lose out pretty much every team above them has to lose out for them to make the postseason. Um, but for Pittsburgh, listen, they get a great win on an emotional night. They saved their season for now. Big game. will with the Baltimore Ravens and Sunday night football. They need to obviously win out, and they need some help if they're going to make the playoffs this year. Yeah, I mean,
1: anything's really possible in the AFC. Uh, this four team, I believe, four teams are tied right now, seven and eight. So yep. it's come, it's going to come down to the wire. And I think with, I think New England, New England is going to knock off uh, Miami this week. So two teams will become eight and eight, and. It's really going to be open season for a lot of these teams on the border. Hey, the Chargers could lose the next two games. Anything could really happen because, you know, Chargers may charge. Uh, we'll see that later tonight in the Monday night game between the Colts and the, uh, and the Chargers. But big-time win for the Steelers at keeping Tomlin's winning streak alive, too. We need They need to win out now to make sure he's never had a season below five hundred. if I'm yep. uh, if I'm not mistaken. So You're right. a, a lot still on the line for the Steelers. They're not playing for anything. They're not playing for a draft pick. They're playing for a playoff spot and to keep their
0: coaches uh, – Culture streak intact. Yeah, I mean, that'd be a great, you know, scenario. I mean, listen, you, if Pittsburgh Steelers fans will tell you this has been kind of a lost season, maybe we just play for the, the high draft pick. But at this current pace, you're already seven and eight and you're a game out of a postseason. Berth. Yeah, you're playing you with house s- money right you now. You might as well try to play for that postseason, level, that last wild card spot and see what happens.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're playing with house money. I would go for it too. I mean, you really
0: got nothing to lose because you're, t- you're too far in the season to tank right now. You might as well play for that playoff spot. Yeah. Well, speaking of a team that's kind of in that same scenario like the Steelers, Green Bay Packers, they had, you know, at one point were 5-8. and eight. It looked like they were done, too, and they would probably just play for the, you know, a high draft pick and whatnot. But they're, they're on a three-game win streak now, Johnson. They go to 7-8 and eight as they stun the Dolphins on the road 26-20. Some really costly interceptions thrown by Tua Tagovailoa in the second half of this game. And you got to get the Green Bay Packers defense some credit. They were down 20-10. They don't allow. They do not allow a single point the rest of the way in the second half. So kudos to that defense. They did a fantastic job of maintaining and you know containing this high you know powered Miami Dolphins offense. And the Packers, they stay alive in the postseason you know race. They essentially need some help to you know get into the postseason. But if they're able to win out, and a team like the Commanders loses one game, the Packers can make the postseason. So. Definitely a wild, you know, case of scenarios of the Packers the last couple of weeks.
1: I mean, currently speaking, the Packers probably have, oh boy. Uh, you know, looking at their schedule, because they're playing two divisional matchups, and those always get a little bit funky. I would say they have like a 30% chance of making the playoffs. I don't know the exact ESPN. They, would say
0: they said 37% would be the Packers' uh, playoff scenario right now. All
1: right, all right So I wasn't too far off, because no. I think... I think they could beat Minnesota this week. They're playing both their last games at home. They're playing Minnesota and Detroit. Hey, man, I think they got a real chance right now. Even if they lose to Minnesota, let's say they lose to Minnesota and they beat Detroit, there's probably a miracle scenario where they probably have a 2% chance to make the playoffs at 8-9. and nine. But realistically, realistically, it's do or die time for the Packers, and they've known that for the last couple of weeks. Uh, I don't know what's happening down in Miami. Um, they're still technically in control of their own Destiny, because if they beat the Patriots this week, they're pretty much a lock for the playoffs. I think a win with New England would probably give them a ninety percent chance to make the playoffs. They'd be nine and seven, and they'd just have to play the lowly Jets the week after that. But I'm pretty hey, but sure Jets, if Jets they have have win, Florida before
0: I'm pretty sure if they win, they're in because the other, the teams behind them are all seven and eight, so they're all they're all a game behind them. So all Miami has to do is just win a game, and so I think the scenario would be Miami would have to win this week and the Jets would have to lose to Seattle, and I think that would clinch Miami's um, playoff almost, because
1: they, they have like a 99% chance. There is that I, 1% chance that they do? Because,
0: uh, let me think. They beat the Steelers already, and correct me if I'm wrong, did they beat the Patriots earlier in the season? They did. So, they realistically, they have the type of, if they beat the Patriots and the Jets lose to the Seattle Seahawks this week, the Dolphins are in. That has to be their playoff scenario for this week.
1: Uh almost 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 there's a 1% ch- I forget the scenario but there's a 1% chance for don't make it it's it's a very long shot scenario but pretty much the Patriots have to win beat the Dolphins this week or they're out 100%. Yeah. Um uh, that's you know the bottom line for the Patriots but if they lose to Miami they're out but if they beat make it beat Miami and lose to Buffalo and actually still make the playoffs I- ironically it's a very low percentage chance for them as well but so that's going to be interesting going forward but uh moving past this Man, I said Baker Mayfield be playing for a job next season. I don't know if it'd be a starting job, but the way he kind of commanded the offense, I know it's against the lowly Broncos, but he looked really good out there this past weekend, putting fifty-one points
0: on the Broncos. Yeah, Broncos defense has been, you know, the one consistent good thing for this entire team all season, and they just looked absolutely terrible in this game. You said Baker Mayfield; you got to give him props. I'm not the biggest Baker Mayfield fan, but he played a heck of a game: twenty-four, twenty-eight, two thirty, two touchdowns. Let's not forget Cam Akers as well. He had 118 yards and three rushing touchdowns. If you started him in your fantasy league this week, you probably are in your fantasy football, you know, championship game this for this upcoming weekend. So, congrats to you. But for the Rams, they put up 51 points. Denver just having an absolutely abysmal season, and we kind of, you know, alluded to this earlier on. A big time coaching decision was made because of this game. Nathaniel Hackett. Has been fired by the Denver Broncos at 3 4 11 start to the season. In a season in which Denver had so many aspirations, it looked like they were finally going to end that playoff drought. They have not been to the playoffs since they won Super Bowl 50. That is going to continue this season. And now for next season, we'll have to see who their new head coach will be. But whoever it is is going to have a rough time trying to fix what has been a really bad offensive season for Denver.
1: Now, you judge a head coach based off of their team. So what I mean by that is, what There's two halves to every team, obviously. There's the offense and there's defense. And uh, you judge a head coach based off their specialty and how the team's doing. For example, we know Bill Belichick is a good head coach because he's a defensive guy. And no matter the season, uh, Barron, we've, we've had some pretty bad defensive seasons, but he had excellent offensive seasons. But let's say it's a bad team right now. Like this Patriots team, you classify as painfully mediocre, right, Nick?
0: Yeah. I mean, the Patriots have just had their. There are games in this year where they, like you said, they easily could have won and they just have not, you know, figured out what hasn't been necessary to get those wins. They've just kind of faltered at the end of the game. Right.
1: But Bill Belichick has always been a defensive guy. And in his seasons where the teams have been kind of rocky, their defense has always been solidified for them. Yeah. So that's what you the Nathaniel Hackett is a defensive minded guy, right? Like, He's oh, an offensive minded his- guy. He's an offensive-minded guy. Yeah,
0: because he was the he was uh, Aaron Rodgers' uh, offensive coordinator for the past couple uh, of years when Aaron Rodgers yeah, won, offense, mean, won so, the MVP.
1: So, so I'm glad you've uh, I'm glad you actually clarified. For that. So the point I'm trying to make is the biggest struggle for the Broncos this year has been their offense. Yeah. Yes. Even yeah. though the defense this game wasn't that great, but the biggest struggle for the Broncos this year has been their offense. Russell Wilson I think has 12 touchdowns passing on the season, and when you're an offensive-minded guy. Your offense has to be good at the end of the day. If you're a defensive-minded guy, let's say like a uh, like a Bill Belichick, your defense has to be good. Like Todd Bowles, you can say how bad Todd Bowles is this season because the offense is good, but at the end of the day, the Buccaneers' defense is still pretty good. Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, Nick. No,
0: the defense has kept them in most of the games. It's going to keep them you know, in position to win the postseason if they're going to have it.
1: So this may be a hot take. It's not really... I would say the Buccaneers' struggles aren't really Todd Bowles' problems because, or Todd Bowles' faults, more of a so be offense coordinator because Todd Bowles is a defensive guy at the, at the end of the day, where Hackett's an offensive guy. When your offense hasn't been reducing all year, that's a kind of like, that's an indication on you. That's an. Uh... I mean, yeah, they
0: can't score 16 points in a game. That, that's, been, that's been their problem all season. That game against the Cardinals, I think, was the, maybe their first or second time all season in which they scored at least f- over 14 points in a game. And that has been the problem. And when you have a game like this against the Rams where you can't even score over 14 points and you give up 50 to a Rams team that's been, let's just face facts, they've been horrible this season. I mean, that that was the final straw for Denver. They had no other choice but to fire Hackett. You heard the rumors that they were probably leaning to doing this to begin with. But once this game happened, there, there was no other alternative for the Broncos. And now we'll have to see who their new head coach is going to be. But the Broncos, again, are going to have a lot of, you know, Fans that are saying, listen, this team can still do things with the roster that we have, but can you fix Russell Wilson? That's going to be the biggest, you know, problem for Denver going into next season.
1: I mean, Denver itself, they probably have five or six games where they've had 10 or 11 points or less than that. Yeah. Let's say 11 or less. I remember we had an 11 10 victory over the Niners earlier in the year, which is one of the weirdest scores of all time. But yeah, that's, that's besides the point. Uh, but at the end of the day, that's, this is a reflection on him. The offensive struggles, and he's an offensive guy. That's Tim. You got Russell Wilson, even though he may be a little cooked. You still have good wide receivers. I know Cortland Sutton had his injury problems. I have know uh, Jerry Drew also has his, his injury problems, but you got to figure it out at the end of the day. And he joins a very exclusive club over the last couple of years of coaches only to make it one year. Uh, the last guy to be christened by this was a, uh, a certain football legend or college football legend. Uh, who coached the Jags last year, Urban Meyer. So oh, uh,
0: he's in he's in company of Urban Meyer, big. which is usually a good thing, but not in this scenario. Yeah, not in this scenario. And I'm looking at the schedule. I mean, I think I've counted six or seven times they've got over 14 points. And even when they do that, they still lose those games. So they have just been – it's been a horrible offensive been, season for this so team. So
1: you can count f- seven or eight times. The Broncos have failed to score more than 14 points.
0: Yeah, they their points for this season, they are points four. So how many points are averaging per game is 15 and a half. That is horrendous. It's the worst scoring offense in the National Football League. This is probably one of the lowest scoring offenses in 20 years. It's very possible, yeah. Yeah, just
1: absolutely terrible. But uh, let's go recap the game with Buccaneers keeping their playoff hopes alive. <laughs> with Tom Brady. Defeating the Cardinals in overtime, this really shouldn't even been a game. Tom Brady got picked off a couple times. He had a touchdown that was overturned, and then right after that, he almost gets in the end zone again, and that's overturned. So this is in reality, this should have been a game where he won by about
0: twelve points, fourteen points. Yeah, probably two touchdowns.
1: Yeah, like it really should have been a game, but it became a game went to overtime. Ryan Suckup did his job, hitting multiple field goals on the day, and the Buccaneers' offensive problems continued to. They continue to be uh, persistent, like they keep on struggling weekend and week out. Uh, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers only scoring about seventeen point four points per game. That's the lowest drop off from a uh, team. So, so for reference, last year they were scoring about thirty and a half points a game, so that's a thirteen point drop off just in between years. Uh, I think, by any modern NFL team. So they've had a huge, huge deficit on offense last year. And it's not all tied to Gronkowski, too. Like, you can't say, oh, guy Gronk left and this is it. No,
0: this is... uh, They're up at the line, just been very injured this season. That is yeah, really it, hurt it, this offense. It's a mix of their offensive line and uh, the coaching change as well. Yeah, Bruce Arians is an offensive-minded guy. And then you lose him and you bring in a defensive-minded defensive coach in Todd Bowles. And let's, like you said, it's not all Todd Bowles' fault. Tom Brady has definitely had... You know, some really big time good. mistakes this season, which has hurt the Buccaneers. But their one constant all season has been their defense. It's kept them in games. It kept them in this game, realistically, even though the Cardinals won their third string quarterback at Trace McSorley. And Tampa Bay, as you said, they keep their hopes alive. And this would have been bad. If they had lost this game, the Carolina Panthers, they would have controlled their own destiny for the rest of the postseason, for the rest of the regular season, I should say. But with the win, Tampa Bay stays in first place. They play the Panthers this will weekend. That most likely will be for the NFC South division title. So Tampa Bay, if they win that game, they clinch. If they lose that game, they're in a bad situation where they need Carolina to lose, and they have to win their final game in order to stay one game ahead of them in the NFC South. But Tampa Bay, they need their defense to just keep playing the way it's playing. And if they do, then maybe you see the old Tampa Bay Buccaneers of you know, the last two years where maybe their offense gets get a spark here and there. We'll have to see, but now, Nick, they've got to fix something. This screams to me Tom Brady
1: Super Bowl, and I'm going to say why. Let's say they make the playoffs, right? They're obviously before seed, right? Mm-hmm. So if they're going to host. Uh, right after right right they are ho- the they Cowboys, they would be hosting the Cowboys, and we all know how the Cowboys perform in the postseason.
0: That is true.
1: So. They'd be facing the Dallas Cowboys. Then they'd go to
0: Philadelphia. Remember what happened in week one with these two teams? Dallas got absolutely manhandled by the Buccaneers. Yeah, they did. And we fought the Buccaneers' business as usual and the Cowboys' business as usual,
1: but it's been kind of shoe on the other foot right now. So they'd go for the Cowboys, and they'd go to Philadelphia for round two. It'd be the 1-4 seed, right? Yeah. And then potentially they'd either face uh, the Minnesota Vikings or the San Francisco 49ers, assuming the
0: higher seeds win. Well, as long this as, has, they, as, long as has they play Tom better Brady's than the first Super time against Bowl. San Francisco, yeah, you're not wrong.
1: It has it, just the playoff. I'm not saying they're going to make the Super Bowl, but if they do make it to the postseason, I wouldn't be surprised.
0: I wouldn't be surprised either because I've seen, you know, even we, we talked about the Denver Broncos making Super Bowl 50. They kind of had the same scenario where Peyton Manning was on his last legs and their defense just carried them to winning the Super Bowl. I couldn't I wouldn't be surprised if the same thing happens in this situation with Tom Brady. Um but you never know. The way the NFC playoffs are constructed right now, there's still a good chance Tampa Bay could come out of the NFC and make the Super Bowl, which really disgusts me because Tampa Bay's just been not that great of a team this season.
1: Yeah, I mean this has Tom Brady Super Bowl. Not saying he's going to win it or even make it, but just the actual quarterbacks and teams who would have
0: to play, is, I wouldn't
1: bet against them in any of those games.
0: No, I mean, I, I wouldn't blame you. You can't really bet against Tom Brady most of the time. He is the GOAT no matter what, but we'll have to see what happens with Tampa throughout the, throughout the final two games of the season and going into the potentially the playoffs. Okay, so let's go to our favorite
1: part now, the NFL preview. Uh, what we mean by preview is we give you the picks, what we like for the week and what we don't like, and we can pick over under money line, uh, parlays, whatever we please today. Uh, <laughs> as of right now, I'm eight and two as of the last week, which is a really good. You're about five hundred, Nick, depending on this Chargers game, yeah, which way it goes. So five hundred, like like I said, if you can go five hundred some weeks and go one game or two games about five hundred uh, other weeks, which you tend to do, you tend to even go like five and five or five and six, and then a week before that you'll go like seven and five. So if you can be, if you can do that throughout the, for the entire year. That's fantastic. I'm eight and two, I'm having a hot week, but I also had a bad week of three and five and three and six before that and five and four, uh, five and four before that. So like I said, this is all cyclical, but I think as of right now, we're all four or five games above 500 for the year, which are pretty good when we're given straight 50, 50 picks like over unders and, uh, and spreads.
0: Yeah. I mean, and listen with the game tonight, this is a big game for the Chargers because if they win this game against the Colts, they are into the postseason. and, so it would be a big time step up for them if they lose. Then it potentially, you know, create some drama in the AFC playoffs because it would allow a lot of teams behind them to still jump them. Chargers just need to win and they're in. And for the Colts, listen, they're pretty, they're already out of the postseason and they're at a quarterback change once again. Now they're starting Nick Foles, the former Super Bowl MVP. So the Colts are just in a tumultuous season as well. They could play spoiler in tonight's game against the Chargers. When we picked this game, we both took the Chargers minus four. Johnson, are, we che- are you going to change your pick?
1: I'm running Chargers. I know it's changed to minus three and a half. I'm still going to honor it to say minus four because that's the line I got last week. So I assume it's been stayed locked in. I'm going to stay locked in with that.
0: I am also going to stay locked in. I don't think I see a scenario where the Colts win this game. Chargers have a lot to play for. The Colts have realistically nothing to play for. And there's still no Jonathan Taylor for this offense. So I think that hurts the Colts a bunch when it comes down to it. All I'm going to say to you, Johnson, is I need a big knife from Keenan Allen. I'm going to, nope, that's all nope, I'm going to say. Nope, nope, not allowed to happen. Nope, <laughs> that's, nope. That's, that's all you I'm going to say. You
1: can get 12 and a half points and
0: you'll like it. <laughs> no, thank you. No, 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 no. Too no, much no, at no. stake.
1: Nope, nope. I need to get the championship in your league and Sean's league. I need to have an opportunity to play for two championships this year, not just one.
0: Yeah, but I'm playing great. I'm playing Grayson in the league with Keenan Allen. So I, How many I need points do
1: you need to beat Grayson? I need 17, I think.
0: No offense, I hope Grayson wins. Oh that's that's disgraceful. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I need a it's win, man. Disgraceful. You know,
1: I don't want a universe where I win, I, I you but you beat me and you lose to Grayson. Because you know, he either needs to get zero points or he needs to get twenty-five points. There's no there's no
0: in between, Nick. If there's one good thing about the Colts this the this season, their past defense hasn't been that terrible. So that's the thing that does concern me going into this game. And I really couldn't be concerned that Mike Williams gets most of the receptions instead of Keenan Allen. So we'll have to see, but I'm, hey, I'm going to be the biggest supporter of Keenan Allen tonight.
1: It could be Joshua Palmerville. We know too. Hopefully. It could, yeah. I wrong. hope he has a great game. I hope he gets like 250 yards.
0: hope he has like a career, <laughs> a career game. Yeah. We'll have to see, but let's go into the slate for this upcoming week in the NFL. First game being the Thursday night game, Cowboys versus the Titans on Thursday night. These two teams are at a, you know, big, you know, they're on different courses. Titans are on a bad losing streak. The Cowboys just came off a big time win against the Eagles. Current line for this game as of Monday: Cowboys minus nine and a half. The over under 42 and a half. Johnson, what is your pick for this game? Cowboys
1: minus nine and a half. I have no faith in the Titans. I think they're going to lay an egg.
0: Yeah, I think I'm, I I might go. I think I have to go Cowboys minus nine and a half too. I I that's so many points, but with the way the Titans are playing right now, it's just been really, really, really bad for them and they need to figure it out sooner rather than later. I just don't think it gets, they get it done this week.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you. Okay. And now uh we have some kind of interesting games going down here too. Uh Colts versus the Giants now. This is going to be an interesting game, uh, a lot on Stein, uh, a lot on the line for the uh, for New York football Giants. As if they win this, they're pretty much in the playoffs. They guarantee um, a
0: playoff spot. They
1: win. So this is New York Giants minus three and a half. And then it's going to be the over under for this game is going to be, I believe, 40 and a half. Let me just check that for you. So it's 40 and a half for the uh, is
0: the over under. I'm seeing is Giants minus three over under 40 and a half.
1: So, Nick, give me your pick.
0: I'm going to take the Giants. Now, the question is, do I want to go straight with the money line or the minus three? I think I'll play it safe and just take money line because I don't know about the points. The Giants played really well last week against the Vikings. They should have won that game, but they just had a lot of, you know, costly mistakes at the end of the game where the Richie James drops, a tough interception by Daniel Jones. I think this is a perfect game for them. You know, you're facing a Colts team that's got... Realistically, nothing to play for, but they could play spoiler in this game. I just think the Giants' defense is just going to be just enough to pull off the win and finally get to this team into the postseason, so give me the Giants' money line.
1: Okay, so you think the Giants are going to be the unsung heroes and give New York fans a reason to cheer this postseason? For my own sanity, I hope so. Okay, I'm going to say, ooh, ooh, this is tough. I'm going to say Giants minus three. I think they're going to cover, and I think they're going to win too. I don't trust the Colts. I don't like the Colts. Jeff Saturday sucks, and I think this is your ticket to actually getting in this. I, I think that's, this is going to be the difference between you guys getting into the playoffs and not getting into the playoffs. So I bet that the Giants would make the playoffs in the f that Hot Start, so I'm going to stick with it. And I don't think you'll beat the Eagles next week, so this is a do-or-die scenario uh, for Dable, for the Giants, uh, for Wink Martindale. Uh, Daniel Jones, et cetera, et cetera. So I think the Giants lock in the pick. Giants minus three. Okay. All right. So the next game we have up are Panthers at Buccaneers. All right. So Caroline Panthers on the road. Buccaneers
0: uh, minus three favorites at home. Uh, over-unders at 39. Nick, give me your thoughts. I mean, the the first time these two teams played, it was all Carolina. on, um, And, you know, Tampa Bay just... They had so many bad mistakes in this in that game against the Panthers. And let's not forget the Panthers are coming off a game against the Lions, in which they ran for over 250 yards as a team. So that's got to be a scary step. But they're basically a different type of team this week at Tampa Bay, which they are able to stop the run a lot in their games. I think, unfortunately, I think it's just too much for the Panthers to overcome. I think Tampa Bay is going to win this game outright. They get the win, and they're going to clinch the NFC South this week. And move on to the postseason for potentially Tom Brady's last playoff run. So this would be a clincher of this game. This would be the clincher. The only the 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 Buccaneers have a one game lead over Carolina and the Saints. The Saints have already lost both of their games to the Buccaneers, and the Panthers are the only team right now behind them that have beaten the Buccaneers. So if Carolina wins, they're into first place, and they have essentially, you know, they have the tiebreaker, so they would control their own destiny going into the final week of the season. Tampa Bay wins this game, they clinch the division no matter what.
1: Okay, so you're taking Buccaneers
0: minus three or Moneyline or? Um, I'll go minus three. I'll go minus three.
1: Okay, so I'm actually going to say the same exact thing If you. I think that since it's a do or die, uh, kind of a do-or-die game for Tom Brady. I mean, he has the opportunity to actually, uh, I don't want to say the fall through a little bit, but I think he'll beat the Panthers at home. He'll clinch the playoff spot and maybe lose the next week. And I think he'll be, what, he's, what, six and seven and eight right now? They're seven and eight right now. They'd be 500 with the win. So seven and eight right now. So I said the seven and nine pride no longer exists, but eight and nine pride certainly could be a thing. So I, I think they'll win this week and they'll lose the next week. Yeah, so I, say I just right. don't want
0: to see a team under 500 make the postseason again, but it's very possible the Buccaneers or the Panthers maybe even make do, let that happen. But then again, it could also happen in the AFC South. The South Division has just been absolutely terrible this year.
1: Oh, no, 100%. I agree with you. So uh, with that being said, we have the Browns on the road going to Washington Commanders. So going into that terrible, terrible stadium. Yep. Uh, Browns on the road. So it's Washington 2.5 point favorites at home. So that's Washington minus 2.5 over unders at 40.5. Nick, give me your thoughts. I'm taking
0: the Browns money line.
1: Wow. Okay. I like
0: I, it. I don't like where the Commanders are playing right now. And I, the way that their quarterback situation is being handled, I don't think it's a good scenario for them. I know the Browns just lost to the Saints this past week, but I think they get it back on track this upcoming week against Washington. I just think everything that's going on with the Commanders is really hurting them. And I hate to say it. I said last week that it would be the Lions making their last wild card spot. I think it's going to be the Packers now after the way they've been playing the last couple of weeks. And the way Washington has just been the last couple, you know, the last two games, I just think it's just been a, now they're starting to get into a tumultuous time. So I think the Browns get out with the win.
1: So I'm going to go even crazy. I think Browns minus three. I'm giving you alternate spreads. So I'm taking five and a half points. I think that the commanders are on the wrong side of history right now. And tying and losing versus the Giants, I think sunk their season. The Browns have nothing to play for right now, but I guess they're playing for pride. Uh, Deshaun yeah. Watson wants to show out, I guess. So I'm gonna say Brown, I'm gonna say Browns minus three alternative spread. Okay. All right. Uh, Dolphins on the road versus New England. New England a do or die situation, but Dolphins on the road minus one favorites on the road. So they're going into Gillette Stadium into New England minus one favorites over under forty three and a half.
0: Nick, your pick. I can't believe I'm gonna do this. I think I'm gonna take the Patriots. Wow. Okay. But here's my thing. I, I think they win or minus or plus I'll one. take it. I'll take them. I mean, you might as well take a plus. I mean, I might as well take a money line because what's the point of taking plus one? That's essentially just saying they're going to win anyway. I either they lose by a point. I think, it, yeah. they're, I think they're just going to win. My thing is the Dolphins right now have been playing some really bad football the last couple of weeks. Tua has looked very shaky, and I hate to say that because we know a certain someone on this podcast that has been an absolute Tua hater. And I want to succeed, but he has he made some really bad decisions in that Packers game. The Patriots they took advantage of some really bad decisions by Joe Burrow, and they made him pay for it in that game against the Bengals. I think New England gets it done. However, Johnson, I hate to say this to you, I still think Miami gets into the playoffs. I think the reason being, New England has a tough game with the Bills the next week, and the Bills are still playing yeah, for home field Yeah, advantage. yeah, yeah. The I Dolphins know. are playing the I Jets. Know. I know. I just think it's too much. I think Miami still gets into the playoffs. But I think New England does get the win this week.
1: I'm going to agree with you. I'm saying Patriots, money line, I won't bet against my team. I said if they didn't beat the Bengals, they weren't going to make the playoffs. And so I think their playoff hopes are gone. Prove me wrong, Bill Belichick. I'm taking you this week. I'm still going to take you the week after that. But I'm taking Patriots, money <laughs> line. The Dolphins aren't that good. They're spiraling. And I don't think the New England is going to lose five out of six. I don't think that's going to happen. I think four out of five is extreme enough. And I don't think they're going to lose five out of six. So that's my logic behind that. Okay. And now we have the New York Jets, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets on the road going into Seattle. Jets two and a half point favorites because they're starting Mike White this week at quarterback on the road over under 43 and a half. Uh, I'm going to go first. I'm not even going to take the Jets nor am I going to take the uh, Seahawks. I'm taking the under because God help these teams on offense right now.
0: I don't blame you. I think the offense will get a little bit of a spark from the Jets when you get Mike White in there, because their offense looked pretty solid when Mike White was in there. Um, Seattle's offense didn't look good against the Chiefs this past week. Obviously, you can tell they're missing Tyler Lockett a lot. This is a tough game for Seattle because, listen, they're still bad for the playoffs, but but so are the Jets. Both teams cannot afford to lose this game. Essentially, if you lose, you're pretty much done. You win, you still have a shot. I think I'm gonna take the Jets on the road.
1: So you think? I think, gonna gonna think him,
0: I think I'm just gonna take a money line. I think I'm just gonna take it straight. I think the I think getting Mike White's gonna help them a lot. I know I think Geno's gonna ball out in this game. I think he's gonna try to do as much as he can because it's his former team. But I just think the Jets defense, you know, stacked up against the Seahawks defense, it's just significantly better. I think the Jets because of that will get the win and they'll keep their playoff hopes alive. I kind of want KS Johnson. I think I think you are seeing that. I I want 3-8 and 8 teams for the AFC East going into the final week of the season.
1: All right. And I don't want to see that effort, so let's uh <laughs> let's not do that, all right? Uh I'm going to take hey. the under and let's stick with that. All right. Uh 49ers on the road versus Los Angeles uh Las the Vegas. LA Raiders, oh, yeah. God. Las <laughs> Vegas Raiders. I keep on calling them the the, uh, used the to Oakland be Raiders. I know. They were I I long ago before the Oakland Raiders, but I keep on wanting to call them the Oakland Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders. So, San Francisco on the road. That's all right. I still
0: half- I still call the Chargers San Diego Chargers. So, it's it's They're all, still it's the all San good. Diego Chargers. What do you mean?
1: No, you're, uh, right. you're right. So, the uh, 49ers on the road, five and a half point favorites on the road. Going into Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, four and a half points is the over under. Nick,
0: your pick. I'm going to do alternate spread. I'll take the Niners minus three. I think this will be a close game, surprisingly enough. I think the Niners will struggle a little bit against the Raiders on the offensive side of the ball, even though the Raiders defense has been pretty much bad all season. But I think they'll do just enough to keep it alive. The only issue is going to be, I think, Derek Carr, and I'm going to even if I could make this as a player prop, I would say Derek Carr throws two interceptions in this game. The Niners defense, in my opinion, is just the best defense right now in the NFL. They have proven it all season. But I think the Raiders will do just enough to stay alive, but San Francisco is just the the better team all all in throw.
1: All right, so I'm gonna take forty nineers minus five and a half. Uh, so we both agree if they're gonna win, but uh, for my sake, I hope they uh, I hope they win by a
0: little bit more, Nick. Because you like know, I, I said you could change mine to minus seven. I I, to, I just oh told boy. You, as I was talking, I was like, wait, this is I, I'm sounding more like I want to take the Niners more points. So yeah, I'll take minus seven. I'll take. Minus all 7. All right,
1: so uh, you're going alternatives red niners. I'm going yeah. regular red niners. I don't have any faith in the Raiders. I think. Uh, You kind of made your point and made my point as well. This isn't a good (laughs) culture football team. 49ers just can't seem to lose. I think they're eventually going to lose, so I think if they lose a game, they lose the last game of the season, but I don't think they lose versus the the Raiders.
0: Yeah, I think it's just – you're right. I think they're bound to lose a game. But then again, this could be the game because they're playing the Cardinals on the final week of the season, and the Cardinals are just really bad right now. So if there was going to be one game that they would lose before the playoffs, it would probably be this game on paper. I just think the way the Raiders are playing right now is just not good. They should have lost that game against New England, and they realistically should have won against Pittsburgh, and they they just threw it away.
1: Oh, yeah, no, I agree with you. All right, so let's go to our next game. Vikings on the road going into Lambeau Field, going to Green Bay. Packers minus three favorites at home, over under 47. The last time I took a uh, a Minnesota Plus on the road, they got slaughtered, so I'm not going to touch that. That
0: was the Lions game, yeah. Yeah, Nick, your thoughts? I, I like Packers minus three. I think the Packers will play some really good – I think they're starting to finally play the football that we expected from this team earlier on. Offense has still been shaky this season, but their defense has started to get into a nice groove. The Vikings, realistically, they're still technically fighting for home field advantage, but it's very really highly unlikely they get it. I think the Packers have too much to play for, and the Vikings essentially don't really have anything to play for. So I think with all the chips against the table, I think Green Bay gets comes out with a win and stays alive. I'm
1: glad you agree with me. I'm saying Packers minus seven because... Seven? Wow. Minus seven, and this could sound disrespectful, but the last time this happened where a team had a very close win, they got absolutely destroyed the next week, so I'm going to bet on that for the Vikings. They're not going back home. They're going on the road. Uh, they're not going to play in an indoor stadium. They're going to play out in the cold. I don't know what the weather's going to be like in Green Bay, but it's not going to be, It'll be this cold this time of year. It's going to be freezing out there, so... Uh, Aaron Rodgers, he's been doing that for 20 years out there now, or about 20 years and there now.
0: Jobs, just remember this say a four o'clock start also. Oh, yeah, this is a four o'clock start. Oh,
1: yeah, four o'clock start. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, good luck, Kirk Cousins. You're not today, so I'm taking Packers
0: minus seven. I think also, I think with the Vikings, I mean, like I said, they're, they essentially, they already beat the Packers at the beginning of the season, and they beat them convincingly. I just don't see a scenario in which Green Bay loses both games to Minnesota this season. I think the Packers have to get this win, not only for their playoff host, but for bragging rights for the rest of the season. I think they get it done.
1: All right, so I'm glad to agree. Steelers on the road going into Baltimore. Is Lamar Jackson playing this game, Nick?
0: Um, I don't think they've essentially named the starter yet for the quarterback. I think it's it's still Monday, so it's still very early on to see who will be the quarterback. As of right now, I don't think he's going to play, but there's still a outside shot he does play. Remember, the Ravens are still battling out for the AFC North. Yeah,
1: I mean, I don't think they're going to win it, so uh, I'll, I'll start this. I'm taking Steelers' money line.
0: Ooh, okay.
1: Like I said, they're playing. I don't, think, uh, I don't think Tyler Huntley's that good, contrary to popular belief Uh, by one by or two By one people. person. <laughs> uh, I was, I was going to say one or two, but
0: if you want to say one, know. that's fun. I don't know who the other person is, but there's one person I know.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to say he's that good. I, I think they need Lamar back. Uh, Steelers' money line, Steelers are still playing for a playoff spot, potentially. It's a long shot, but they're playing for uh, their pride and Tomlin's record right now. So I think that's going to, Light the fire under them, and I think the Ravens will lose this game.
0: I, I don't blame you. I mean, the last time these two teams just played a couple weeks ago, and it was a close game. The Steelers realistically could have won, but Kenny Pickett, you know, got injured, had a concussion, and it really hurt the Steelers at the end of the day. And they fall, they fell in that game, sixteen to fourteen. Baltimore, I obviously if Lamar plays, I think you have to take them no matter what. Especially, you know, especially since they're at home in this game on Sunday night. Um. I have, I'm have. i going to take Baltimore minus three. I think the three and a half is is a lot. And I it, it's I know it's a half point. But when the Ravens went on a last-second field goal from Justin Tucker, you understand why I took the minus three. I think this will be a game, once again, close. Defenses will come out and play. And if it's Hundley against Pickett, I think you're just going to see some really bad offensive play for both these teams. So I'll take Baltimore minus three as my final pick.
1: All right. And probably the game of the week right now, Cincinnati Bengals are going to be at home, but the away team, Buffalo Bills, and the way they travel, it's really not an away game for them. So, yeah. Buffalo Bills on the road going into Cincinnati. Bills minus one favorites on the road over under at 49.5. Nick, your analysis.
0: I mean, someone's got to lose, Johnson. Bills have won, have won six in a row. The Bengals have won seven in a row. Someone is going to lose this game. This might be the best primetime game we've had all season, I, if I had to venture and say that. Maybe. I Probably. And you gotta think about it for the Bengals. If they win this game, they're still alive for home field advantage at the playoffs, and it would go to Cincinnati. How crazy would that be for the Bengals? Considering they started off four and four, Bills cannot afford to lose this game. But they have looked kind of shaky their last. You know that game against the Bears on paper, it says thirty-five to thirteen. The Bills had some really bad mistakes in that game. Josh Allen made a couple bad throws and. you know, the Bills could have lost that game if they had played a really, really better team than the Chicago Bears. Bengals almost choked against the Patriots, but they were able to hold on. Oh, man. I don't think I could take a team in this game, Johnson. I'm just going to take the over. I just think this is tough to pick one of these two teams.
1: Okay, so you're taking the over at 49.5 points. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, I think these are two really two of the best offenses in the NFL. Um, I think it's just really tough to pick one of these two teams to win the game. If I had to pick one, I'd probably, take, I'd probably take the Bills on the road just because I think the Bengals have some secondary issues. But for my own, for the safest pick of the game, I'd probably just take the over in the game. All right, so you're taking
1: the over. I'm taking Bengals minus one. I think okay. the Bengals are a better team. They've been a hot streak. And I, this is going to be my own morbid prediction that the Bills are going to lose this week and the next week. They lose home field advantage. They lose to the Patriots. Uh Patriots getting the playoffs probably not. Uh, well, for your own for your own sake, for my own sanity, I'm picking yeah. this, and this is the scenario I'm going with.
0: I I listen. I can't blame you for for rooting for your team and hoping for someone else's demise. So we'll have to see that game on Monday is going to be absolutely fantastic. I mean, we haven't had a lot of good prime time games this season, but this is going to be one of the best, if not the best, all season between the Bengals and the Bills in Cincinnati, Ohio. Monday night will surely be. A fun time to see. But that is going to do it for the All Gas No Break Sports Show. Absolutely crazy week in the NFL once again. We all hope that you had a very, very holly and jolly Merry Christmas. And we also hope that you have a very happy New Year this upcoming weekend as we'll finally get to see a great game, Greens, in the NFL and also college football, the college football playoff. Let's not forget, is this upcoming weekend, so it should be a fun one. Once again, this is Nicholas Bavona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson with the All-Gas, No-Break Sports Show. Have a great rest of your weekend.